0: Right, now we talk about um, our beers quite a lot, but there's another almost even more important brewed drink, of which we uh, we both do put quite high priority on. We do indeed. But I've got a bit of bad news, because this morning again, our coffee machine struggled to produce a coffee. It's
1: a recurring problem.
0: It is. It's, it's a Monday morning thing. I don't know why not get used over the weekend. scientifically It's not loved anymore.
1: I think we have um, what would you say sweated the assets quite extensively to be I don't
0: think it owes us anything no and it does say in the instruction book not to be used in commercial settings so it's probably designed to make two or three cups a day and I reckon we get 40, 40 or 50 cups a day out of it for the last god knows how many years so it's gradually grinding to a halt. So mm-hmm. one of these days, Idea, oh we're going to have to.
1: It's a bean-to-cup machine, just for context. There, it's spinging up. Yeah. Yes, and it's uh, wandering. It's not the automatic about. Maxwell House stirrer No engine of the proper uh, coffee machine. But it's very important to have good coffee. Very important.
0: Yeah, it is. And have a good section of teas. Got to, got to keep everybody happy. And yeah,
1: caffeine-fueled happy. hot chocolate. I've already had two coffees. So oh, I'm my third coffee, and I've had a hot chocolate as well today. Wow. And it's 11 o'clock
0: in the morning, so... <laughs> so you are fired up, playing not Right, well, on that note then, if we're all ready to go, shall we go? Shall we go. Okay. Hello, and welcome to the SME Growth Podcast from Wellmeadow. Meadow. This is Dave Parry, and with me, as ever, is Rich Buckle. Hi, Rich. Hello. Good morning. Uh, good morning. And this week, we are lucky enough to have a guest join us as well. Phil, Phil Caldwell. Hello, Phil. Well, Thanks for joining no, us. Yeah, now, Phil is a regular listener or watcher. did you listen or watch? Mainly listener. Listen. So yeah, I do I watch watch riding bit on LinkedIn. Yeah, Again. you don't want to be us. Us. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, yeah. You don't want to look at too much of us. Oh, so, Phil is a regular listener to the podcast. And what's quite odd is when he comes in this morning, it's like he knows us both <laughs> really well. It's like when you see that <laughs> famous person off the telly, you're convinced they know you. Exactly. One day. Yeah. One day. We'll get. I think that. it's probably our first time being It is. Yeah. Uh, but I did walk in. But you've seen Rich Surritaj. Yeah. You know about his meat thermometer story. <laughs> <sign laughs> the <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. We need so that merch. Exactly. 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 So thanks a lot for coming in. Now the reason we asked Phil to come in, uh, and it's it's a we're really honoured actually that you're prepared to come in and talk about this because you hear a lot about people who want to show off about their business or promote their business or talk about something great that's happened, but your business has been through a, a tough patch. Yes, yeah, and uh, that that is some of the most valuable learning for other people in business to pick up from because just hearing about everyone else done so brilliantly is easy. Easy to dismiss that as, oh, well, you were lucky or whatever. Yeah. But you suffered some bad luck. Yeah. And um, it's going to be interesting to sort of go through a bit of that and see what lessons you've drawn yes. from that. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm sure, in just having a bit of preamble in the green room beforehand, I know <laughs> yeah. is a, there's a few points there that I know that several of, of our regular listeners will latch on to and get yeah. very from. Yeah. That was good. Chat. So I know,
1: obviously, I think you're more, Dave's more familiar with the story. Yeah. I'm probably a bit newer to it. Yeah. So you were able to give us a bit of background just to, what happened and yeah sure yeah
2: so uh, the business itself we manufactured um it, we, we termed it presentation products and packaging uh, predominantly from plastic so things like ring binders wallets files folders that sort of stuff and um as i don't know if you know people are sort of generally aware but obviously print on paper is in fairly heavy decline printers are having a horrendous time of it and obviously that linked very heavily to what we did, um, and you know a lot of members' packs and, and that sort of stuff. Um, and then uh, obviously there are other other factors. More recently, we you know with the pandemic that accelerated really this digitization, if you like. Um, uh, we used to do a lot of medical files and things like that for the NHS. Um, obviously the NHS, where it was going to be a you know a ten year plan of of going sort of completely digital. And obviously there's lots of lots of factors in there. But those those things just happened overnight uh, with a pandemic. Um, legal and financial services, um, which were a big part of the business. Um, obviously signing um, you know digital signing and that sort of that sort of stuff. Um, you know, it was commonplace now, whereas before it was seen as you know it had to be a wet, wet signature and that sort of thing. So um, so yeah that 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 kind of business uh, didn't dry up, but it, but it certainly it disappeared. So we saw trade. You know, take a, a major dip. I'm going to say Brexit had an, had an effect because um, the effect it certainly affects our pricing, and um, you know, all our raw materials and things come over from from Europe generally, um, and you know, from large sort of uh, central warehousing and, and that sort of thing. Um, so that was all, yeah. Sort of the the industry as a whole is in decline, and then the, um, you know, the tra- you know, general trade was, you know, was was
0: dipping, you know, sort of uh, as well. So it had quite a few years. Here. We're not talking about a relatively recent thing. It's a very, very established business. Yeah, yeah. How long has it been trading for? Uh, 60, it was 60 years last year. 60 years. Yeah. So, it's, you know, we've been around for a while yeah. where these products were very, very current. Yeah. And then you've touched upon a few different things there that all came along in, in kind of a bit of a perfect storm, you know. Pandemic, yeah. war on plastics, Brexit, yeah, yeah. whatever other economic situation. You know, during the pandemic, we had
2: a a good time, um, and I say that, you know, when everyone was suffering. But you know, we we were manufacturing face visors and screens and things like that, and there was a you know a, a definite uptick um, for us at that time. You know, would be if you got your your head in your hands in March, thinking, oh hell, what we're we gonna do. Um, we, we launched a, you know, a face visor that, you know, did rework, sold a couple of million units. Um and we missed out on NHS contracts and things like that, which was a little bit unfortunate. We we sort of got into bed with um a friendly competitor and we were all we, we had a a contract which we were all going to produce together and then that got rescinded. Um and we, we lost out at that point and we missed then the boat mm. with
0: you know, with, with uh yeah, we know another company had that problem as well that in the early gold rush times there yeah. was lots of make this around ventilators and hospital yeah. things for the night nice yeah. hospitals and then the council contracts came through and of course mm. it was left a lot of companies I think iron dry. Yeah. And of course we could make a political point about who your friends are in high places because there Absolutely were plenty could. of PPE contracts going around for the lot people. But a million visors also, that's yeah, yeah. priced for two million. Two, two million, million visors. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah, it was good. And, and, and usually it was in polypropylene, whereas the majority of that you see around or in PT, uh, polyprop gets uh, a bit boring, but, you know, is, uh, is, is more milky uh, right. in, to look at. If you had to, two two products on the table, uh, the PT would look clearer. But the reality is once it's in front of your eyes, you know, the actual visual difference right. is... Close is, enough, it doesn't make you know, sense. Yeah.
0: So with all these things happening, did you sense over the sort of latter part of the 60-year journey of the company, was this something that you saw happening quite gradually over a decade or so, or did it all kind of tumble and happen all at once towards the end? No. It, yeah, it had been, had been
2: gradual. And I just, just want to clarify that I've not been with the business for 60 years.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, Looking very good on it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been with it, uh, been with the business 22 years, um, and owned it for the last sort of 12. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was, a gradual move. And that's why when I actually joined the business, I joined it with the packaging in, my, you know, that was, that's my background. My parents had a business down in Gloucester that, um, that were, you know, did plastic packaging, uh, to give that extra, um, string to the bow and also complemented the presentation products. So there were certain technologies that, that came, that I bought in with the packaging that complemented the, you know, the products that the auto the, some of the things that we could do with some of the products. Um, but yeah, it had been a slow um, shift, I guess. Um, presentation products had, had, we our market share in presentation products had increased. Um, so we haven't sort of pushed as far into into packaging um, because you know a lot of companies it, it, it's not a particularly sexy industry to get into. You know, people are looking to to join a bit you don't know, think oh I will up the legs of bring by this <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you're in the dream <laughs> so um, um, so you you found uh, for a time anyway uh, maybe not so much anymore but y- you know I was you know a, a pretty young face in you know in that in that industry
0: mm. uh, I noticed as well in the couple of years probably a couple of years ago now mm-hmm. your marketing started to try and address some of the problems around plastic and yeah trying to re-educate the market that it's not all yeah. bad or you know yeah that was one of your early early attempts to try and uh, turn the tide a little bit wasn't yes it? It, was, it was it's always been uh you know
2: a fairly major bugbear that i'm not i'm not i'm not going to sit here and say that plastic is great and mm. you know there, there are, you know there's lots of uh, you know lots of reasons why you know, any material choices, right or wrong for, you know, for for what you for whatever the purpose is. Used fall, you know. yeah. Um but um there was an a lot of marketing or anti plastic marketing if you like, which is there to basically sell, you know, whatever the product is that um you know that that particular, you know, person or company wants to wants to sell. And it was giving plastic a bad name, unfairly in my view because there are a lot of you know benefits to using plastic in terms of the longevity which i know we also feeds into you know one of the one of the disadvantages of it mm-hmm. but also protection and you know um you know making food last longer you know and, and and that sort of that sort of business um and so yeah we you know we did sort of try and put a lot of a lot of emphasis on trying to educate uh, did, did it work do you think um i think uh that's a really good question It's it there were definitely elements um i can think of numerous clients where we've maintained them uh we did maintain them with with plastic products um uh, where they were hell bent on 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 dropping plastic for carbon but you you know it clearly would have been the wrong choice for them not just not just uh from a practical point of view but but from an economic point of view you know it just wouldn't have stood up to for um, you know people using uh, you know binders in a kitchen environment with recipes and things like that, you know, they're getting splashed and, you know, need wiping clean and and, you know, and, and keeping sterile and all that sort of stuff. Um where, you know, and that made an awful lot of sense, you know, to keep it to keep it in, mm-hmm. in plastics. Equally you've got people who uh would come along and say that well our printers have given us a you know a cardboard alternative with a biodegradable, you know, laminate on it. Uh, and immediately you're saying that, you know, you've got a fully recyclable product here that you can put in your household recycling, um, and um, and you've gone there for something that cannot be recycled any longer. Mm. Uh, and, you know, they wouldn't have a bar of it. Uh, but, you know, you, you win some, you lose some, Perfect. don't you? But overall, yeah, the tide was definitely, we were losing that mm. battle. So I think it's interesting that we,
1: we've seen this in other companies as well, where you kind of talked about that perfect storm situation that you were in yeah, yeah it doesn't necessarily happen overnight but you know we see businesses where you know maybe they start with a recruitment problem or then there's there's some regulatory issue or there's this different factors that sort of build over time and come mm-hmm. to a mm-hmm. bit of a crescendo. yeah be interesting to know okay how did you start to see some of these issues evolving what were your strategies to kind of deal with some of these challenges that were that you were starting to face before they became
2: you know before it kind of got to a tipping point or- yes yeah, yeah, um, I think one of the big bigger issues aside of um, the environmental, actually for us, from a recruitment perspective, was sales. You know, we really struggled to get good sales that, you know, would stay the course. And, and I always felt we had a lot of potential for the right person to, to really, yeah, put, put the company on on the map. Um, you know, because we were, you know, one of the larger players. The, the business that we ultimately bought was the largest player, but we were probably the second largest company, like third largest company in the industry. Um, and um, and so we were. I was always trying to get the sales, um, yeah, the sales covered off, if you like. But we spent an awful lot of money on some very expensive people on recruitment and, and things mm-hmm. like that, it never really, never really. Worked uh, if you like for us, um, and I don't know. Maybe there was you know, certainly I'll, I'll point point a lot of fingers back in my own direction. That were we giving people enough rope, you know, um, enough scope to you know to go out and and, and do what they needed to do. Um, it's always difficult, I think, particularly with external sales people, where there's an element of paranoia. Certainly, as a business owner, what are they doing? You know, mm-hmm. are they you know? Um, and some successes within there, but. You know, I always felt that the major successes were, um, were were mine, if that makes sense. Um,
0: you evolved uh, in sales a bit yourself, then? Did yeah,
2: you? yeah. Um, it, it kind of led, and I think the, the business generally, we were, you know, there was a lot of time spent
0: in the business rather than on the business as as m as empty. So, sort of following on from Richard's question, really, then, as as the situation evolved and the different aspects were ca- happening, did you feel you had board of directors or the senior leadership team that were working these things through or did you did you did it not work that way was that just not appropriate for everybody's roles how, how did you address it
2: yeah um again with the benefit the beautiful benefit of hindsight but, but i was probably you know very aware of it um you know at the time as well my i didn't i didn't really have a team uh you know we weren't a board of directors such as myself a general manager and finance manager with major major parts of the management team so you have the
0: management bits covered off i'm sure they were all very good at managing yeah. the day today yeah, but yeah. you didn't consider yourself as also being a board that would behave in a different way you know we do a lot of board meetings yeah, yeah one of our key messages is that different way of thinking when you go into something called a board meeting yes you didn't do that necessarily no 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 not at all no And what about your, your overarching strategy process did you ever have a, like an annual stop and think and where we're taking the business or was it more incremental and more coming from you?
2: Yeah, possibly more incremental around um it's quite funny actually listening to the well uh the podcast before last I think which was about budgets and, and mm. things like that. It was, you know, it, it sort of brought a lot a lot sort of flooding back to you that, you know, on the you know annual annual basis, you sit down, you know, sort of go through the budget and things like that. And then that tended to shape whatever the strategy was gonna be for this year. Um, but you did find yourself doing the same things time mm. and time again where you sort of think, too, we've had this conversation. Now you either have, you know, ten pages of stuff that you just got no hope of dealing with we are really trying to just bring it down to a sheet of paper to to make it a manageable process. Let's do something well rather than try and do fifty things. <laughs> Actually, you know, not not do any of it. But um Again, I think everybody was too much involved in the day-to-day and there were, in, in terms of those priorities, definitely, you know, there was a you a lot of focus on probably things that weren't, you know, weren't as important as what, what was really the issue, which was, you know, getting the sales.
1: So if you had to give, sort of, for someone else maybe listening, thinking, oh, I'm going through a similar situation, what would be your top sort of three tips for them in terms of, lessons learned from your experience if they find themselves in a kind of perfect
2: storm situation. Yeah. Um that's that's interesting. I I guess the team the team is is really, you know, that would that would be for me keen, mm. you know, um but it's but it's also really difficult to know that you've got, you know, the right people, you know, is it the fact that the people I had around me didn't have the the skills um you know, when That that applies to me as well, you know um, Dave and I have talked before about You know, sort of imposter syndrome and you know Oh god, you know, am I actually capable of You know, being here, so On from that would be the uh, The the wider Knowledge base If you like, so in in My business there was our previous MD uh, Who'd been With the business Well actually would have been much of those 60 years You know, um, uh, prior to myself um, the business that we bought, the previous MD there who'd been, you know, had seen them through acquisition and things like that. And when everything, the wheels were really falling off, um, we got them together, um, along with a, um, another, um, MD from, from a, a business who we, who was heavily involved in, mm-hmm. in, in the business in Staines. And, um, uh, I think you referred to it earlier as uh, the War Council, and uh, you know we sat sat around the table, and you know explained the situation and where we were at, and the fact that I didn't feel that we could carry on, you know, as we were, and it did make me think, you know, why haven't you know why haven't I done this on a regular basis? You know, these are guys who they've they've got the the luxury of not you know caring really about what they say. You know, they haven't got to be diplomatic or any of that sort of bit. So they hold you to account. Um and why didn't we on a quarterly basis let's say you know have a sit down take them out for a meal you know explain where we're at um you know and as i say have you know have some account i don't want to make it sound like i was just riding roughshod <laughs> for everything and just doing what the hell i wanted um but they had that experience and the credentials really in our industry for doing that or um yeah i don't know you know more regular contact with you know someone like yourself really you know and then sort of mapping things out and saying right okay you know what can we do that you know will just just help to look at those
0: you know to stay those back a bit. Yeah. I think you're being a bit modest in a sense you referred there to a company you acquired it was a reasonably major strategic decision you took yeah, yeah so yeah. one of your defense mechanisms beyond the early ones we talked about around the marketing yeah. and that sort of thing was to to look for another company to to bolt on and try and yeah. find an escape. Tell us a bit more about that. How did that come so, about and how did that play out? So both
2: businesses worked together for a long time. It was a bit of a um, a full circle sort of scenario. We used to belong to, uh, sort of 75% of the business belonged to the business Staten Stains. Um, and, and they'd grown via acquisition over the years. Um, you know, buying up smaller players who'd either run into trouble or people retiring and and things like that, and done that very, very well with their previous MD. Um, We bought ourselves out of that in order to give our previous MD um, an exit route. Um, And then I bought him out uh, subsequent to that in 2010. Um, The... It was always kind of on the cards that that would be an opportunity if you like to 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 buy them back and i saw it as being a kind of a last man standing kind of scenario we would be by far the largest player in the market um we could accu- uh, combine all the um you know the best parts if you like of, of both businesses it would give us a lot more you know i was i was really thinking about you say board level type um you know you could have a you know, sales director, you know, finance director, you know, really, you know, sort of um, you know, get those things um down. It would, it would have given us a lot more, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess buying power if you like, um, you know, in the in the employment sense. Um, and um and that was sort of sort of long term, that was the strategy to then be in a position where this small, you know, you can absorb smaller players, um you know, we had a lot of capabilities that nobody else had um, in the, you know, looking at it now, we've probably, you know, done, you know, those small players a, a service, but yeah, everyone's got a little, a little bit more of the pie to go around. Um, but that was, that was really, you know, what that, you know, where the thinking was then. And that had been going on for around three years. And actually just prior to the pandemic, we were close to acquiring them, uh, but there was something on it, it, Installed stalled a couple of times on their side for, for various reasons. And, of course, again, now with a beautiful benefit of hindsight, you think, Christ, I could have paid a hell of a lot more for it and um, ended up, um, you know, then falling into the into the pandemic. Um, that situation could have been, I don't know, so much worse. It might, you know. All, you know.
0: The luck played in your favour that time. And if you had your time over again, would you still do that acquisition? Does that yeah. still make sense? I still, I still look at that. I
2: don't see that as being the reason that the businesses failed. Um, I see the downturn in trade as being the, the reason the business failed. I still still stand by the fact that if if we'd have gone over that hump, and I think for actually relatively little in the way of cash, um, we you know I could have got us over that hump. Okay, that would have might have meant you know jettisoning one of the one or both of the businesses, and phoenix, phoenixing something. Which morally, I have a a big issue, we've all been in the situation, I'm sure, where, you know, people disappear, reappear the next day, you know, without the debt and everything else, and all, you know, I'm still here kind of thing. I um, I um had an issue with that, but actually we could have, you know, for, yeah, maybe a, a, a smallest six-figure sum of bought the assets and materials and things that we wanted to mm. to carry on again, and it was then only the uh, the counsel of, uh, yeah, my good lady wife that uh, I think you know combined with other bits and pieces we stopped stop that happening really uh, for the better you feel yes uh i mentally i was um i was in a really um uh dodgy place um you know i, I think i caroline and my wife would probably disagree with this comment entirely but i think i manage my stress reasonably well um and you know i think to, to own a business and things you've got to be sort of reasonably neutral and you know, calm and, and, and things but that situation the the constant conflict of um you, you, you know you the advice you're given obviously is that you know your responsibilities go from you know that you know the best best thing for the shareholders for being the best thing for the creditors when you can see the writings on the wall and and my conflict with that is the writing is always on the wall it just depends how far away that wall Mm -hmm. is you know we're all careering towards the wall and and hope that we can just keep it as far away as possible.
0: Did you feel that and and this is a question I think that will strike a chord with lots of business owners listening to this because we don't always all take home the day-to-day cut and thrust of business to Mm. the breakfast table and discuss it with our spouses whichever yeah. that may be do, do you think that's that's something that you would do differently
2: yes I i am going to be slightly cautious in <laughs> in response to that. so my in my background my, my parents had this business that they they ran together and it wouldn't the business wouldn't have been a success without with without either one of them my dad had the um the the industry knowledge my mum had the blind faith that if my dad said, this is how this works, she would make it happen. And she put the hard work in. She she made the business as the success it was, but it wouldn't have happened without my dad, if that makes sense. But for that, as kids, we were always surrounded by shop talk. And I was really conscious of that not being something I wanted at home. Um, and then because Carolina wasn't involved in the business, um, I didn't feel that she could comment on things that she didn't know much about so certainly latterly now um, I guess this puts it on record really I regret not uh, involving Carolina more in that as you know uh, as the director of the business being involved in you say having you know if it is quarterly and we've said about a war council you know the you know she was you know she should have should have
0: yeah it wouldn't have had right. to go as far as you talk about with your parents where day-to-day involvement. no no but enough involvement that yeah. that council from someone who knows you very well yeah can be more yeah useful
2: for you and i think that was it that was the that was the point of which when we um when we were discussing and it, it's bringing you know it's bringing quite a lot of it back now but um when we were discussing it um you know, I remember she just looked me in the eye, you and I said, Look, you know, we can, you know, I can, you know, £100,000 and, you know, we can buy this, that, and the other, and we can go again. And she just looked in the eye and said, You know, why? And you, you, who ordinarily that would have just, you know, tipped me over the edge and, you know, I ah, said, so You don't understand that. Um, uh, but, you know, you said anything, well, yeah, why? Um, because every, everything I've done till that point where you say this is going to be, the thing that changes the direction that sees a diversification that you know makes a difference to the fortune of the business hasn't sort of really come to fruition. You know, the business was you know successful, um, but not in the way I probably wanted it to be. Um, I had all you know, we am certainly not pleading poverty by any stretch of imagination, but at the same time, um. It, we, it, wasn't, it wasn't totally going in the direction probably that I we, that we wanted or expected it to. Um, and that expectation came from seeing, you know, the success of my, my own parents had probably hmm. you know, in their business.
0: So uh, so the strategy was right. You would do yeah. that again. Yeah, definitely. You might take on some different advisors or, you know, the war council, just people who knew your industry or your spouse, yeah, whatever yeah, that yeah. may be. Yeah. So you might do that sort of thing. What about your style of management? Would you change anything about that? Yeah. Yes. Um, I. I think.
2: I think we are. We are fundamentally who we are. Um, and I would. Um, I'd like to think. You know. I'm a, I'm a nice guy. And you know. And. Uh, and generally speaking, take people. Uh, you know. You want to take people on the journey with you. I've been very open and honest about where we were at, even when you know. The, you know things. Things were falling apart. I involved my staff, and I mean every member of staff much much earlier than I was otherwise advised to because I just felt it was unfair to be going through that process and it, it has has its advantages, disadvantages, you know it it led to uh um you know people helping themselves to <laughs> an awful lot of stuff around the factory and things like that. But I mean it's by the by it was it was um uh I I I'm very comfortable with that. Um uh i don't know I, I, I people are a a lot more uh, were a lot more comfortable in their jobs than i think that i think i realized i was always worried about people leaving um, you know and skills leaving the business and and that doesn't mean that i could go to the other extreme be a complete
0: yeah, I notice you're choosing your words very carefully. There, you don't yeah. want to come across as some. You know, you would be an ogre if you did it again. Yeah, sounds like you're a very consultative, yes. uh, sort of manager yeah, yeah. leader yeah. who who gave people a lot of
2: slack, a lot of yeah. freedom. Really. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and there's a lot of bitterness that goes with this with this process. I have to say, you know, you go th- I, um Someone who likened it to you know a death. You know, it's you know you go through. Uh, I've certainly gone through and going through you know lots of emotional um um I, I thought I'd dealt actually with the bitterness side of things, and only in mm. the last few days um I found myself feeling really sort of bitter towards whether it's individuals, myself the the business as a whole, the industry, you know mm. and um would I change I, I think consciously now I would say yes, I would change my style. Um, I would be a little bit more arm's length, and um, you can still be, you know, obviously very inclusive and the things like that, but without having to be as completely personable as as as, as I probably am. Uh, but also, I, 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 you know, in those quiet moments, you sit there and think, oh, "Am I kidding?" You know, I mean, you know, that's how I am. You are, you are. Um,
0: you told me an anecdote earlier as well about the balance between working in the business and working on oh, yeah, the business, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the fact that. Maybe there were some opportunities that may have changed the future mm. if but for you done that the other way around. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit more about that.
2: Yeah, so um I think because there was a lot of reliance or I felt there was a lot of reliance on me. The bit the bit that makes it a little bit difficult is you don't you don't quite know if you'd given people the robe would they have done what you know, I don't know what you what you wanted them to do, would they they've surprised you with, you know, with something. Um, I was often, you know, uh, accused of of, of not uh, not allowing, or it, it never being satisfied, or whatever. And um, and I say, you know, that's my that's my role. You know, I'm I'm, I'm there not to be satisfied, and we none of us should be. You that's know, a common trait from entrepreneurs, isn't it? That uh, sort of... Yeah, potentially. Yeah, you you always think that there's always room for improvement, and as soon as as soon as something seems like it's uh, like it's okay, uh like, right, you know, everything's fine, then I think that's the time to panic. Um, really. Um and yeah, I think a lot of people do, you know, just see the job as a job, which obviously, you know, you know, can it should be. Um but you you know, you need to yeah, you need to, you know, to sort of keep pushing on, keep challenging the yeah. guests to you know, to to sort of
0: Yeah, to do better. the bit you you particularly made me think about was talking to competitors and customers and other people in the sector that Mm -hmm. was something that you felt as if you you were very internally focused and maybe missed an opportunity or two about that yeah so when um i when it uh, finally
2: went to liquidation just before christmas um i've been working with the liquidators um to basically because there's not a great deal of value in the machinery and stock and so on and so forth, it was effectively, I managed a fire sale of machinery and assets from both businesses, Um, which meant that there was a lot of competitor um, conversations um, or conversations with competitors uh, who were potentially interested in stuff. Uh, One of those uh, competitors, um, basically, when they phoned me, said, you know, well, you know, how can we help? And I said, well, you know, we're six weeks too late now for help. Um, but it turned out that, and again, you know, you don't know for certain, but, you know, there would there would be a the potential there for maybe a, an acquisition or, you know, we could have gone into, um, you know, administration and and done something with them. And it made me realise um, that, you know, spending more time on things like competitor analysis uh, of some sort, understanding, you know, your competitors better, you know, maybe I would have because um, i really only highlighted uh to liquidators one company that i thought had the potential to buy us and they they these guys who were predominantly i would have termed stockists um came out on left field um and i thought damn you know i should have yeah i felt i should have i should have realized them there but because you're so inwardly focused i was so inwardly focused on the day-to-day of the business um you felt that you know actually taking that time but you hear it a lot don't you? you know and you and you tell yourself a lot oh you know you know spent time on the business rather than in it uh but i i really should have um yeah uh, you know spent some more time time on that on that side of things and maybe i'd have i'd have um identified that as a you know a possibility earlier um here? i
1: suppose um it sounds like you've been through through a lot sort of personally through all the this yeah, obviously yeah. do you feel you've come out of a stronger more resilience now or, or um I, do you, is that still a journey yeah
2: i think i think you know you i think we're always on the journey i've always viewed experience like positive or negative you know every day being a learning day all that mm. of, you know all those um uh sort of things um and yeah so positive or negative you you take something you know, you've got now more experience to take on to your next, you know, challenge or you know, um, whatever. Um, did you? I don't. I don't think I'll ever stop looking back and thinking what could have been. Um, I think it's natural to to think oh, if I had of this or I had of that. But you can only deal with today. You know, what's gone's gone. gone. Mm-hmm. But you, it's still you'll still mull are still muddle over for for a long time uh, to come, and as i say probably forever. Um, yeah, I've got to think that I'm stronger for it because now I have different experiences. Um, I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but you know, you know, are there many people who've been through the kind of process that you know I've been through now? Um, you know that I, I can't, I can't emphasize enough actually how much that conflict in me um was was really the the, the bit that the the hardest actually because um you um yeah you you know you you want to feel that you're doing the right thing you know for your staff uh for creditors you know these are guys who a lot of them had worked with um for for you know 25 years or something like that and i don't know you know had debts that were insured and things like that nothing to lose and you know over the years you know we've, we've done some great business with them and very few people have been you know um nasty as as, as such and that bit doesn't i, I can't say it overly phases me um because um yeah it, yeah it just it is what it is you know when i try and you know i apologize and say you know it is you know this
0: this is a situation wish, but people understand that's business I think yeah absolutely yeah. I think I think undoubtedly having been through it that makes you much more valuable in whatever it is you got to do next you have got a set yeah. of experiences that other people will have absolutely no mm. awareness of at all
2: yeah
0: yeah you, you hope you yeah I say hope so
2: yeah I mean it, it definitely it, it it's definitely definitely like I say the, the spending the time in the business how you are with your colleagues and and how you treat them um, and how you view them, um, and um, uh, and the things like that, most definitely uh, make a make a difference. I'd say to you know how, yeah. how I would approach whatever
0: we yeah. next. So, what what do you think might be next? Then, <laughs> that's a great
2: question. Um, I think I owe it to the the family to uh, have a good look, and um, we we talked about you know sort of the, the the stepping stones. I'd love to own my own business again. Certainly not put me off. Um, you know, owning a, owning a business um, and starting something, you know, starting something either fresh or buying into into something. Um, I feel that particularly from uh, the point of view of, I, I mean, I, I never went to university. Um, obviously the business, um, I know we talked about it sort of briefly earlier about training and things like that. And you think in a, in a sort of a large sort of corporate, you always imagine there's a lot of training sort of provided things like that and you you sell yourself short probably uh being a business owner a small business owner that you don't have um you know anything you know or much in the way of experience but then you suddenly realize well hang on a minute i had the hr hat on i had the you know um, iso you know production sales blah 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 blah, blah. And, and all of a sudden you've got that breadth of you know the breadth of experience which um, you know actually makes you you know a I hope uh, <laughs> we'll find
0: out obviously. Do so you think the next business might have plastics in it somewhere? Or um, is that
2: that's something you'd leave behind? That's all. so you feel that um that, that pull towards the fact of oh, I've got to prove that uh, plastic <laughs> isn't actually <laughs> all bad. Um uh but um no, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be adverse either way, if I'm honest. Mm. I, I certainly have made a conscious decision that I am leaving this particular industry. I've had lots of offers. Uh, i've had a number of offers within the industry but of course people are interested in the, the order book and, and things like that and the people who bought the order books from uh from the businesses um you know i've done some work with them and i'm happy to you know sort of help them out as i can um and and, and share that that knowledge that i have um and i think we've had a conversation about in in the past about you know sort of what goes around comes around and and I feel that you know, if I can do the right thing, it's, it's important to feel that you're not being taken advantage of, um, which you know, um, uh, certainly in some cases uh, feels feels the case. Um, but um, but yeah, so so leading the industry um, is um, you know is something I'm sort of consciously trying to to do. But if the next opportunity had, as you say, plastic in the title, I wouldn't.
0: I'm so, not going to turn that. away from it. Yeah. No, no, no. I think it's probably fair to say, as well, there's a couple of areas that are still live. You're still going through the insolvency process. And there's probably another podcast in that at some point in the mm-hmm. future in terms of some of your recollections yeah. on that. It's still too much of a ongoing inquiry, yeah, <laughs> as, the, as they the, say. The one on thing the I, would, I would say as well is
2: that I've um, obviously over the years of of doing the various things and, and 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 as the as the business has come together and the business structure and and things like that, um obviously when it's all rosy and good you know everything's fine you know you don't even give it a second's thought as soon as the wheels fall off um you realize so um the building um i have uh, i own is in a separate limited company but it's attached still to the top holding company and it'll get dragged into that process so much or all of of what I thought would have been safe um, and when we set it up I under, uh, my understanding was that it was safe I was, are, are you separate uh, well it isn't um, and you know you go back you know to the people who put all that in place for me and you you know you, you sort of ask the question oh well you know it helps because you know when things are good you lend money across the businesses all that sort of stuff um, the structure as it is now um, again when you're when it's all gone wrong and you're sort of, you're discussing it with the guys who are doing the liquidation and things like that. Well, you know, the, you know, this, this, this structure is very complicated and, you know, you're the sole director of, you know, these seven different entities or whatever it is. And so again, you go back and, and sort of say, well, why was it, or, well, you wanted it done that way. And I'm thinking, well, I, I, I didn't, and I think the advice that we get, we assume, you know, advisors, you know sort of know it all but but knowing really being clear if you like i guess that's again another part of the experience element being clear right okay when it's good we're doing this why you know because it does this this x y and z uh but if it goes bad um then we've got i don't know a b and c which could you know could happen um and there's never a perfect solution because the you know the situations are very different aren't
0: they it sounds like you're, you're giving almost um a pair of pieces of advice. There, one is take more advice from lots of different quarters, yeah, yeah. not necessarily paid for professional advice, but people in the industry, spouse, that sort of things. But at the same time, really challenge the advice yeah. and, and really make sure that it makes sense to you. Don't follow it blindly. Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, because I, I, I'll openly say that it, the advice at
2: the time of doing whatever it was, you know, setting the thing up, didn't matter. If you, I'm mean, I not to say the advice didn't matter, but you know how it was done. If they said that was a thing, because I, I didn't even think it was gonna, you mm. know, be a, a failure. You, know, to, mm. you don't I'd plan for that, do you? The, no, but, you know, no, that's right. Yeah. Mm. Um, and um, I, was, I still remember my dad, you know, sort of saying to me when I first bought the business, you know, with you, you know, what happens if you know you lose half your sales and stuff? I'm, what are you talking about? That's not- half the
0: sale, <laughs> <laughs> It
2: won't happen. <laughs> that's, that's right. right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and, and I guess as we get older and, and 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 you know more experienced and things like that, you know you, you do tend to yeah. yeah look at those you know sort of things. So yeah, that would be yeah, sort of yeah challenging
0: So if there was one piece of advice you could give someone listening to this who's currently running a business, what, what would you pick on of all of those things you talked about us about today?
2: I think oh gosh, I think that as I stand here right now, or sit here right now, I should say. Um, it's the um, it's it's the walk council actually. I think the you know having the right, trying to get the right people around you, and as you say, that's not necessarily you know paid, but you know the the experience, the um, you know that you trust. I think and that that goes through to everything. I think um, I play a lot of sport, and you know you have the right, you have somebody who you listen to, and they might not be the best coach or whatever, but there's somebody who knows Seem to know mm-hmm. you or your style or whatever, and, and they come with the you know the best bit of advice and stand at the side of the cricket net for the sake of argument and mm-hmm. suggest that you do something. And I think that's the same, the same. In, in the bit, I'm, I'm yeah. disappointed in myself really that I didn't
0: take more uh, advice. And credit to you when you did bring it together, you got some great people involved on that. That was yeah. just the War Council. Yeah, you would have had for longer if you yeah. come about earlier. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah okay. definitely. Good bit of advice. Thank you, Phil. Oh, right, so Best of with whatever comes next. No, thank you. Yeah. Very oh, good well, to hear. You. We'll Re- see how
2: we, see how it all pans out. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, we'll we'll certainly give updates uh, on here as and when there's another chapter to be told. But yeah. really appreciate your your reflections and all yeah. of that. It's uh, quite humbling really to have someone prepared to come in and, and go through that for the benefit of others, especially while it's still so recent. Yeah. Well, and I hope you guys keep up the good work on the podcast. It's been uh, it's been really really interesting listening. And yeah. No. Thanks for listening to so, all. Yeah. Um, are you up to? Was it number twenty-one? Is it? So I think this is twenty. Are we twenty-two now or twenty-one? Twenty-two or twenty-three? Oh. oh, it could be twenty-three. Oh my gosh! Wow. Losing track. A few in the can as they say. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And we've got one coming up, I think maybe next week's one, is the Reflections of the First 21, 22, whatever it's yeah. been. So best of reel for, the, for all of those. There's yeah. been some nuggets in there we'll pull out for people. So you don't have to listen to all the last ones. You can just listen to this <laughs> yeah. all, all condensed and listen to it at that double speed. <laughs> nah. yeah. uh, thanks again, Phil. No. Thank you very much. Thanks, Rich. So you've been listening to the SME Growth Podcast with our special guest, Phil Corden, today talking about the difficulties that his business went through and giving some advice to business owners out there. As I say at the end of every end of every one of these podcasts, please subscribe and share and tell your business colleagues about these and in the meantime, good luck with your business.